And welcome to it. It is the 14th of July. Michael Pelka with you on the Pure Pelka podcast. Glad to be back. I've been busy doing radio in Florida, and hopefully I'll be able to post regularly. But you can also hear me Saturday night on WPHT 1210 out of Philadelphia. It's on the Odyssey app, WPHT. I'm live from 8 to 11. Join me. Hang out. And uh, I mentioned it's July 14th. That's Grand Marnier Day. I'm not a Grand Marnier drinker. It's also Mac and Cheese Day. I am a Mac and Cheese eater. I will not cross the streams, and I don't suggest you do it either. Uh, It's the uh, anniversary of the Bastille being stormed in France. Now, that's an insurrection. It's also the anniversary of the first World's Fair, 1853, in New York City, and the anniversary of um, Hank Aaron's 500th home run, and in 1951, the George Washington Carver National Park opened. It is the uh, first national park named for an African-American. Just uh, a great thing. In Missouri, I believe it is. I have not been there. I like to get to all the national parks. That's one of those uh, bucket list things. And I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. If I do, I'll probably be on a bicycle because it's so expensive to go anywhere, either in a plane or driving. I know oil prices have come down, but they've come down about 10% off of the high, which was a 100% increase from where it was last year. So we're still up 90%. Mr. Biden, we're still up 90%. And today we got bad economic news after yesterday's bad economic news. Yesterday, inflation up 9.1%. They were expecting uh, 8.8, and it's now up higher. And then we had the uh, producer price index going up even more, over 11%. These are both Near records, if not uh, the highest we've seen in inflation for you and me. It's a 40-year high, smashing through a 40-year high. And the uh, producer price index, which indicates what the next month's prices are going to beat us, uh, that's dangerously high, too. I think that's just the second highest it's ever been. This is bad news for the American consumer. Bad news for the little guy. I don't know if it's going to affect the big guy so much. You know, at the uh, opening of the market this morning, the stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Index, was down over 500 points. And uh, that's a bad sign. That's a really bad sign. May drop below 30,000 and might indicate that more pain is on the way. And those are a lot of retirement accounts, a lot of pension accounts that are tied to that. And what's the uh, Biden administration and the Dems answer to it? They want to spend more money. They want to print more money, making our money worth even less. They don't get it. When you're in a hole, stop digging. So Joe Biden's not even here. He's he's in Israel right now, headed to Saudi Arabia, where he's going to beg for oil. But he's in Israel, and uh, the media asked him, you know, why the heck are you going to Saudi Arabia? I want to make clear that we can continue to lead in the region and not create a vacuum, a vacuum that is filled by China and or Russia against the interest of both Israel and the United States and many other countries. Well, let's not forget it was 300 days ago, just 300 days ago, that the uh, Taliban said girls can't go to school anymore in Afghanistan. 
because uh, you were so strong in that part of the region, too. That was a mess. But continue, sir. Why are you going to Saudi Arabia? And so the purpose of the visit is to uh, is to uh, coordinate with uh, yeah. nine heads of state what are in U.S. interest and I believe in Israel's interest as well. Yeah. You know you're going there to try and get more oil. And you called the Saudi kingdom a pariah during the campaign. I'm betting they're going to make you pay for that. You're going to have to do some Olympic-level groveling. Just going to be a mess, I guarantee you. But you're not here. Your country is in really bad shape. Your poll numbers are in worse shape. And you're not here. That's not putting any confidence in the minds of anyone, especially when we think of who's standing in your place. Kamala Harris talking about inflation. She basically has nothing to say in inflation. There is no question that we still have work to do. But it is important to note that these numbers do not fully reflect the recent drop in gas prices. Since mid-June, prices are down 40 cents a gallon. Fighting inflation is one of our administration's top economic priorities. Well, you're failing in that priority. And yes, we address the price that uh, the fact that gas prices have dropped, but they're still up 90 percent from where they were a year ago. They're down a little teeny tiny bit. And that's all about fluctuations in the market because people can't afford to drive anywhere. That uh, pushes demand lower, which pushes the price of oil lower. And that is reflected at the pump. But it's still too damn high. Too damn high. Hi. And uh, Kamala was uh, also talking yesterday about uh, transportation and gas prices, et cetera, after she talked about inflation. Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Oh. Seems like maybe it's a small issue. It's a big issue. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work. Huh? What? What was that That very last part there? I need to what? You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. So I got to get to go where I need to go and then I got to do the work and then I have to get to go to go home. Wow, are we in trouble? And you know the rest of the world's just watching and laughing. Just watching and laughing. It's an absolute mess. And uh, Joe is also adding to the confusion as well because, you know, he's so confused himself. He even admitted it yesterday. Every time I hear hail to the chief wonder, where the hell is he? Us too. <laughs> Took me a long while. <laughs> you think I'm joking? I'm not. Turn around and where, where's, where's the president? Yeah, we always ask, where's the president? It's kind of uh, embarrassing, isn't it, for him to say the quiet part out loud? He did pause and attend a... Uh, an interview with a member of the Israeli press yesterday and uh, once again mumbled his own phrase. You know, he's been talking about the Republican Party as the MAGA party or the ultra MAGA party. And I think all of us like that label, the ultra MAGA party. Joe can't even get that right. My hope is that the Republican Party moves back to a normal position. It's not this mega party that it's become in many ways. Mega party, huh? That's got to be tough. And you know his staff is just just biting their fingernails every time he goes up to say something. He's embarrassing. 
He's embarrassing all of us. And um, you heard the thing when he was getting ready to leave. The reporter asked him about the polls, and and Joe told him to uh, read the polls, Jack. Read the polls. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. Yeah, you guys are all the same. That's a way to endear yourself to the media. You were going to be the great uniter, weren't you? Oh, you really didn't need to unite, though. You didn't need to unite because you have the media in your back pocket. With all the stories about Hunter out there now, it's amazing when we see some of the stories and some of the response from places like The View who just prop up you and Jill. People wanted really to see you get mad when Trump started lying about Hunter. Well, you know, I, uh, I would like to be able to be back in high school and just have he and I in a room. As a mother, how hurtful have these attacks been um, on Hunter for well, you? they've been really hurtful. I mean, yeah. Um... So it's amazing that Jill says they've been really hurtful. But now we know the story of Jill Biden and Hunter Biden's relationship thanks to the text messages that he has sent talking about her using the C word. Yeah, there's no love there. That's just a giant mess. Uh, it's, it's amazing. You know what we need? We need a little uh, straight, straight information. So uh, let's get our buddy, uh, Dr. Michael Royzen from the Cleveland Clinic in here. Dr. Royzen, I have to ask you some questions, uh, mostly about uh, monkeypox and COVID, because we're being told there's going to be another COVID surge. So um, Dr. Michael Royzen, of course, from the Cleveland Clinic, the guy behind the Age Proof Life series of books. And uh, the new one that's coming out this fall that's going to help us turn back the calendar years, maybe even decades, to be younger and better people. Dr. Royzen, glad you're here. I know you're a busy dude, so uh, let's get right to it. Should we be worried about monkeypox? Let's start with monkeypox. We'll get to COVID next and the resurgence in COVID. Should we be worried about the monkeypox? The good news is it doesn't kill people. Um, as easily as, for example, um, HIV did. The bad and the, the other good news from a general population standpoint is it isn't as infectious as um, COVID-19 or measles or any of the common aerosol ones. It does, I mean, it is... Um, infective via close contact. Um, and so consequently, um, sexual contact is one of the ways that it is transmissible. And it's more transmissible um, than uh, some of the other uh, sexually transmittable diseases. So there is a worry about it, but n there is also a uh, vaccine. And so um, remember, almost all of us over the age of 55, I think it is, uh, got smallpox, and there is the smallpox vaccine, and there is cross-reactivity, and so hopefully those people won't get it over the age of 55. And those younger, um, there is a vaccine available for monkeypox if you're in a relatively high-risk group, so hopefully um, that will... Uh, be available and protect people. Okay. Uh, and, and just be smart, people. If you're in intimate situations, be smart. 
Look out for the monkeypox signs. You know, the I, I'm going to say the word. It's a gross word. Pustules. Just, to, you know, check your partner out more than you normally would. I'm going to switch gears, Doc. We keep hearing rumblings from the World Health Organization, from uh, people who are worried about a return of COVID and new variants. Anything you're seeing that we should be worried about a new and more dangerous variant on the horizon? Um, not a new and more uh, uh, virulent, but a new and and more infective. So the problem, um, if you will, with uh, the the Omicron B five is that it seems to have a um, an R value. That's how infective it is. Of um, much greater, three to five times greater than the uh, prior Omicron hmm. virus, which means it's going to spread. The good news about it so far is it doesn't look like it attacks the ciliary cells, those are the ones in the nose, to as great a degree as the prior Omicron variants, that is, it infects your lung and not your nose. The value of that is the long COVID, which we postulate the virus traveling through the nose into your brain, seems that it, it will be less likely. Obviously, nothing's sure because we don't have enough data, and this virus keeps teaching us it's going to keep playing with us. Um, but assuming that uh, um, the uh, the data are correct, it is very likely that more people will get it and get sick with it, um, but not need ICU care and not die from it, and have a lower incidence of post-COVID brain fog. And does that mean so, we'll also be uh, protected? Will the new variant, if you get it, give you some sort of immunity, natural immunity? Um, we don't know the answer to that. Darn it. Uh, Dr. Michael Roizen is uh, this gentleman's name. He is my friend. He's also my go-to on getting healthier and staying healthier. And we'll all keep targeting towards September 13th and the release of the Great Age Reboot. Doc, thanks so much for hanging out again this week. Thank you. My privilege. And there he goes, Dr. Michael Rosen from the Cleveland Clinic. You know, I'm not going to focus too much on what the stock market's doing. I'm not going to focus too much on, on how bad things are looking in inflation and for the markets. It, it's just too depressing. We need some inspiration. So let's get our buddy uh, Jim Stovall in here with a little winner's wisdom next on the Piero Pelka podcast. Jim Stovall is joining us once again. It is a gift that we get pretty much every week. Jim Stovall, the man behind the Narrative Television Network, dozens and dozens and dozens of books and speeches. And every week, the Winner's Wisdom column syndicated all over the country and on the Internet. And you can get it, but you can also get a breakdown of that Winner's Wisdom column each week with Jim Stovall, wherever I am. Jim Stovall, welcome back, my friend. Always good to be with you. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you wrote the column this week in English and not in Latin, because, uh, you know, when we start getting into Virgil, I expect then Livy to come out, and I, my my high school Latin is just not that good anymore. 
Yeah, we probably need to stay away from that. <laughs> well, I will say to everybody, illegitimies non carborundum, and you will know what I'm saying, I'm sure. Those of you who yes. are Latin scholars out there. Uh, Jim, this one, this one's a great one. This is about being in the present moment, is it not? Yeah, it, it, Virgil, uh, you know, 80 B.C., claims that uh, this is the golden age. Well, you know, that historically never picked up so much notice because, uh, you know, we think of Virgil as one of the golden age poets and all of that sort of thing. But when you think about it, he, at the point he said it, it was nothing. It was a normal day. And he declares this is the golden age. And we all have a tendency to do that grass is greener thing. And, you know, it was better then or it's better now or whatever, or it's going to get better later. But right now is what we have. And, you know, so I got to thinking about that. Can you just declare this is a golden age or this is a great day? And the answer is clearly yes. I was rereading some of Churchill's stuff. And uh, at the very worst time of the World War, I mean, at a time when it was uh, not possible he was going to lose the war, it was likely we were going to lose the war. And uh, we were certainly the underdog. You know, he, he made that amazing speech, and among other things, he said, shall the British Empire last a thousand years? Let them say this was our finest hour. Well, he declared it, and it did it, and it became it. And, you know, you have the ability to do that. And no matter where we are, we have the ability to just stop and say, hold it. Whatever happened before, that was then, this is now, and I just declare this is going to be a great day. This is going to be the golden age. This is going to be the good times we look back on sometimes. And you have the ability to do that. My, my late great mentor and friend, Coach John Wooden, I said, what was the best basketball game you ever had? And he said, it, 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 it's nothing that would impress anyone other than the context. He said, we were defending national champion. We were playing Long Beach State. This is a team we should have beat badly. And in the middle of the first half, we were ahead by eight and playing very poorly, and the guys were not engaged. But we knew we were going to win this game. And I called a timeout, and I told the five starters, I said, look over on the bench. There are, there are seven guys over there. They don't get to play like you do. They work just as hard. They show up just as early. They sweat. They struggle. They do all the things you do, but they don't get to play like you do. Now, here's the thing. If we're ahead 20 points at halftime, I'll let you guys go. You can shower, change, and sit in the, in the stands, <laughs> and we'll let those guys play an entire half of basketball. And Coach said it got so dynamic. It was the most uh, uh, amazing uh, few moments of basketball I ever saw. He said, we were up 20, still four or five minutes to go in the half. I called timeout and took out all my starters and put in the other guys. And he said, it, 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 you know, a ho-hum game turned into this landmark in one of the greatest careers ever just because he decided, let's just change this. Let's just change the dynamic here and now. And that, that point right there, that you have a hand in your own dynamic, as Jim said, in your own day, in your own moment, cannot be underlined, highlighted, bolded enough. You have so much control. And so many times, Jim, we feel like I can't do anything. But we miss it. Miss it. I, I'm guilty of missing it many times, saying, I don't know if I can do anything. But you have to step back and call a timeout and try and figure out the way to actually make a change and change your thinking, which sometimes changes your actions and leads you to those 
golden ages, those prosperous times. Yeah, and it's just it's it's a paradigm shift. Uh, you know, as Dr. Covey would say, it. Uh, every day I walk in the atrium here in our building, and downstairs there's a daycare center. And so I encounter a lot of moms dropping off their kids. And uh, a couple of days ago, there's a, a mom and a four or five year old little guy down there. And uh, I said, "Well, how are you guys today?" And he said, "We're having a happy day." And I said, "Really? You're having a happy day?" And mom says. We weren't earlier. We were having a difficult morning, but she said, I just declared we're having a happy day, and all of a sudden we're having a happy day. We just decided. <laughs> and it's just, you know, and it's, it's, it, it's kind of like you can't be miserable with someone that just decides they're going to have a happy day. It's like you can't argue with someone that just won't participate. They just, they're just not going to do that. And, uh, you know, so I think what we learned from Virgil in the Golden Age is that, we can control what it is, whether it's the depression or the pandemic. And I'm not going to say those things don't affect people. They're tragic for many, many people. But in the midst of those, there are other people who decided, you know, where's the opportunity? And they, they realize that uh, opportunities do indeed come disguised as problems. And in the midst of that, there's a seed of a greater good. And we all have the opportunity at any point in time to just say, I'm changing the channel. That's it. Yeah, and and we so often forget all those opportunities we have to change course, change the channel, change ourselves, change our attitude. Who was it? The um, the former CEO of Southwest Airlines had the quote that always sticks in my head. Uh, it's not your um, aptitude, it's your attitude that delivers or decides your altitude. I think that's what it was. Yeah, it's not your aptitude. Yeah. It's your attitude that alters your altitude. He used an airline yeah. reference, of course. Old uh, Herb Kelleher. I loved his speeches. And, uh, of course, if you're an airline guy, you want to get the altitude in there. It's a really important thing, you know. If you're a radio guy, you probably go for the amplitude or something different. <laughs> I don't know what you do if you're one of you guys. Volume. Herb Kelleher, thank you for remembering. He, he was always known as Big Daddy whenever he got on any of his planes. <laughs> he was a big guy. Uh, Jim, it's such a great lesson this week. I don't want to derail it. I want to add to it. Did you happen to see Tiger Woods at the press event talking about that other golf league that's starting right now? Yes. Uh, yes. I, I, I thought um, if we have time, do you mind if I play his comments about Please. the Saudi-backed LIV? Please do. All right. This was Tiger Woods. At the 150th British Open, they just call it the Open because, you know, they don't think they need to say British. And he was being asked about the Saudi-backed league versus the PGA, and his comments are great. Players are doing for, you know, guaranteed money. Um, what, what is the incentive to practice? What is the incentive to go out there and earn it in the dirt? Um, you're just getting paid a lot of money up front and playing a few events and playing 54 holes, they're trying to, you know, playing blaring music and have all these um, atmospheres that are different. I, I just don't see how, you know, I have 54 holes. I, you know, I, I can understand 54 holes is almost like a mandate when you get to the senior tours. The guys are a little bit older and a little more banged up. But, you know, when you're at a young age and somebody's kids, there really are kids, you know, who have gone from amateur golf in, into that organization. Um, 
72 hole tests, you know, are, are part of it. I mean, we used to have 36 hole playoffs for major championships. You know, that's that's how it used to be. Um, 18 hole U.S. Open playoffs. You know, that's. Um, I just don't see how that that move is is positive in the in the long term. I love the fact that he's thoughtful, Jim. A lot of people are saying, "Why is he pausing?" I said to back to my friends, "I think he's trying to be diplomatic and not insult somebody, but make a point that if you take away the incentive, just like had John Wooden not offered the incentive to his players, they might not have played as." competitively as they ended up doing. I, I thought this was a remarkable bit of Tiger that I had not seen or heard before. Yeah, he is very controlled both in his sport and in his conversation. He was editing a million miles an hour on the fly there, all the things he could have said, because uh, on the other side of the LIV question is his very good friend, Phil Mickelson, and uh, you know, they disagree on some things, and uh, he's trying to make his point without being disagreeable. I so much enjoyed having him here uh, in my hometown on our home course for the uh, PGA Championship, and, man, he was struggling. And, you, of course, you have to walk, and Southern Hills is called Hills for a reason, and that is a brutal mm. walk. And, you know, he, he, he uh, did very, very well. I mean, he made the cut under some very, very difficult circumstances. And, you know, that's what he did. And, you know, at the end of the second round, they said, well, all you did was made the cut. And he said, that's all anybody can do at the end of the second round. You can't win the tournament <laughs> at the end of the second round. But, uh, you know, I, I, my goal was to make the cut. I made the cut. And, uh, you know, he is, uh, uh, I mean, he's a legendary figure for a reason. And uh, that's what we're talking about. You know, he understands the tradition, the moment, and, uh, you know, really what makes that. Yeah, he does, driving it back to this week's column, he makes every tournament he plays the golden age for him, or at least efforts to. And if you make the effort, nine out of ten times you're going to get close or it's going to happen, at least been my experience. But if you write it off, if you phone it in, it never happens. Jim Stovall is our buddy, our regular guest, sharing his column with us each week, and you can get it. At jimstovall.com, jimstovall.com. Jim, thanks for indulging me with Tiger. Let's talk again next week. Always great. I look forward to it. 